and we'll hear from him a little bit on that. And then we have a number of questions that you've submitted to me that uh, he will uh, respond to. Great. Hey, Charlie, you have a loud voice. You know, is, is this thing is this thing not working? It, yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll do this. Uh, you know, um, I'll use it. Okay, I was going to say I'll just stand up, but I'll, I'll use it. So, uh, first of all, thank you, everyone. It's cold. It, all of a sudden it got cold. I think, I think that there's deceptive weather going on here, don't you think? We need, Dr. J, you need to deal with that. You're in charge of everything else. You need to deal with that. Okay. Great, 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 great. And I notice you're spending enorm enormous amounts of money to, to fix up Mirror Lake. I hope you're yeah. going to put a big fence around it with spikes in the thing or something like that. No, just kidding. We loved it. We loved that the tradition, which was not a tradition when I was here the first time around, but as you remember. So uh, I'm going to be very quick because I really wanted to get into the questions. Uh, but Charlie and I met, um, as we do on our pre-meetings, and... Uh, and he really wanted to know what, what our thinking was about the expansion of the Big Ten, which is really what the conversations have been about. Um, let, let me just say that we have had ongoing conversations about the expansion of the Big Ten over the last um, three or four years, um, only both defensively and offensively, and also to see where we think that the landscape in higher education or in, the, in athletic education in athletic administration and in athletic uh, program is going. Um, you know, my my view, very candidly, and I said this to you before, is I think, and I'm not certain if Jean shares this, we haven't really talked about this, but I think that we're moving to precipitously toward about three or four super conferences of about 16 to 20 teams. Um, and the possibility of them bolting from the from the NCAA is not unlikely. Um, so, so that's kind of the landscape that we're offer, operating in. Um, and, you know, we made a determination we would add a 12th team, which is Nebraska. We thought that was a great determination. I think Nebraska has proved to be a worthy uh, member of the Big Ten, uh, without a doubt. They've brought us a great deal of cachet and opportunity for us to have a, have a real um, a real targeted effort throughout from, from Nebraska through to Penn State. Um, but we, for some time, have talked about the need for us to expand the footprint of the Big Ten without getting too far outside of our geography. Texas, um, Georgia Tech, I mean, these are the kinds of places we have talked about, but they were geographically a little challenging. And uh, then we also have talked for some time about um, about Maryland and, uh, and Rutgers, but we wanted to pair those two together. Uh, the likelihood of, uh, of a team leaving the ACC was not high. Original member of the of the athletic uh, of the Atlantic Coast Conference, um, but but there was uh, but what happened uh, after the after the um, meeting in October was that uh, we thought that we would approach Maryland, and, and some of that was precipitated very candidly by the fact that uh, Notre Dame had moved off to the ACC, and we wanted to. Uh, we of course, uh, and this is, I want to make it very clear, we have never invited Notre Dame to join the Big Ten, and the reason is the fact that they, first of all, they're not very good partners. I'll just say that. I negotiated with them during my first term, and the fathers are holy on Sunday, and they're holy hell on the rest of the week. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, you just can't, tr you just can't trust those damn Catholics on a, on a, on a Thursday or Friday, and so, uh, so the, uh, 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 literally, I, I can say that very truth, Father Joyce was one of those people in, who ran the university for many, many years. And um, say, saying that um, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame wanted to have its cake and eat it too, and the ACC, I think, was feeling very vulnerable, so they added Notre Dame as a, as a non-football school, something we would never do. You're either in or you're out. 
and uh, but there is an interesting confluence of opportunities. One is the fact that Britt Curran, who was the president of Ohio State for five years following me, is the uh, head of the system there. And then they just hired a fellow by the name of Wallace Lowe, who had been the provost at Iowa. Big Ten guys interested in the Big Ten felt that the Big Ten was a much greater fit for them academically uh, and culturally as well as uh, as well as financially, there's no doubt about it. Um, and so we approached them very lightly and all of a sudden uh, they, they started having conversation among themselves and within about about two weeks ago or three weeks ago, they indicated that if we could move swiftly that they probably thought that they could make that change. We were ready to move, uh, that's what we did. Uh, we think it's a great fit for us. They're both AAU institutions, high, uh, highly credible in terms of their academic uh, ability. They were just invited to the, into the CIC today, I noticed, and they have, they have joined that, and that was very important to them. It uh, gives us 40 to 50 million more viewers, um, makes the BTN uh, the, uh, worth, uh, worth more money than God. I just say that. I mean, it's a very powerful, um, it's a very powerful uh, instrument for us. It provides us a foothold, and so so if you think about this, we extend all the way across the the Midwest, through Penn State to Maryland and to the and to the New York area. So we have a T. So we go all the way across the Midwest, and we have that that block right there, which is 40 to 50 million more um, uh, people that we add to our uh, to our network. People say, well, you know, Rutgers doesn't have a great football tradition. Well, it doesn't. Uh, it's gotten better. They're putting a lot of money into it, uh, but the opportunity for Ohio State or Michigan uh, or Nebraska to play in the in the Meadowlands all of a sudden becomes a huge game. The opportunity for us to play Maryland in RFK Stadium, the opportunity for for us to uh, to get some footprint and foothold uh, there is is very important. And also, so that's a positive side. Of the blocking strategy is that we simply have uh, have now put the ACC in a almost no win position. They will look. So who do they immediately go to? Louisville. Um, they may think about Cincinnati. They may think about uh, they may think about Connecticut, but uh, but they've lost their foothold in that middle part of the area, uh, in that middle part of the uh, of the Atlantic coast. So we feel that this is very strongly in our best interest. A lot of people say, I mean, if you if you polled our fans, they would say, well, that's not necessarily what we're about. But the truth of the matter is, is that the Big Ten in our footprint had about a 1% uh, growth factor in terms of uh, in terms of population we had to get back into a population area or else we were going to lose our ability to be able to compete it was just that simple so that's what we did welcome to the big 10 rutgers in maryland uh, so saying that i'm really open to questions over here ben ben hi uh, you said something about it, the super conferences and going to 16 to 20 in the geographic sort of a challenge of, of a Georgia Tech or a Texas. How do you feel about expanding into further reaches of, you know, to get to that 16 well, I, I think I think, yeah, you know, if, if, if you thought about where we would go next, um, and also with like kinds of institutions. If, 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 if we're basically looking at AAU institutions, so therefore you think about Missouri and Kansas, you think about, uh, you think about uh, Texas and you think about Georgia Tech. I mean, that would be the way you think. Now, none of those have necessarily been been discussed. I think that uh, I think that uh, you know Texas went off on its own and created its own network, which has been a, an abysmal failure, and it also forced Texas A&M to leave um, 
to leave uh, the, the South or leave the Big 12 and move into the SEC, and that has caused real functional disruption in the state of Texas politically. So there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of backlash on that. Questions? I mean, obviously, I think Ted. You know, I mean, if um, if you know the the challenge we face is this: is you want to preserve the natural, instinctive rivalries that have been long-standing. We did that in with the expansion of the Big Ten and keeping um, the Ohio State-Michigan game as the last game of the season, for example. And then that those kind of those kind of considerations need to be taken taking place, but. Um, you know, and I, I'm making predictions which I don't know about. By the way, there's no, there's no secret document in someone's um, in someone's middle drawer which says they're going to expand it. I just think that that's what's going to happen. I can just kind of feel it intuitively. But but so therefore, I think that the I think the Big Ten needs to be predatory and positive rather than waiting for other people to uh, to take away from them. I, I, I very candidly, I think we made a mistake because we thought about. We thought about adding uh, Missouri and Kansas at the time, and there was not a great deal of enthusiasm about that. I think we should have done that at the time. Uh, so we would have had Nebraska, Missouri, Kansas, and then moved into the other area. I think, by the way, that that can still happen. I also think this. I mean, this is this is a high possibility. If, if the ACC continues to struggle, and Florida State goes off to the SEC or something like that, um, um, and and Clemson moves in a different direction. All of a sudden, Virginia and Duke, which are very similar institutions to um, and North Carolina, which are very similar institutions to the Big Ten, uh, there is a real possibility that we may end up having that kind of T which goes south. And I could see them joining us, and I could see them having a real interest in joining us. Jared. Jared, what what do you think is the the next step on the the national scale? I mean, presumably, other conferences would start to expand also to get to this you know era of the super conference. Yeah, so what do you, think I, you know, I think that's the reason I say I think we need to be aggressive and uh, predatory and and um, and positive about what we're doing. I I think that when we added the twelfth team, when we added Nebraska, that caused a whole domino effect. I don't think that we quite predicted. I think if we would have predicted that, we would have added uh, Missouri and Gene. I mean, do you agree with me that we would have added Missouri and Kansas at the time? Pitt was on the table, and and, and Pitt was on the table. You know, Penn State just abhors Pitt. It's the same. It, it would be the same way. We would we would even though we love Cincinnati as a city, we wanted to be an Ohio State city. We do. We would. We would. They'd have to. They'd have to take uh, Gene out and uh, and. <laughs> And shoot him to let Cincinnati into the Big Ten. I mean, it's just you know there there, there are some things that we just would not do, and 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 that's the way that Penn State feels feels about Pitt. So we had to deal with some of those in-state rivalries. One of the problems we face is that Iowa has tremendous pressure about Iowa State. We're not interested in Iowa State. We are interested in uh, in Missouri and Kansas eventually. I think. So therefore, so therefore, those are so so the, so to answer your question. I would see I would see potentially Missouri and Kansas, 
By the way, everyone has to, um, it goes without saying this all has to be speculation remains right here. And I could also see, um, I could also see a T that goes south, all according to what happens with the ACC, but we, we need to be ready to move. One of the advantages of having lots of money is the fact that we can do what we're doing. Kerry? Um, I guess I can see very clearly the need for the Big Ten to expand. And I think the Big Ten is a very strong uh, conference, a very strong institution. One of the things I do worry about is that if you're a member of any conference, it seems to me that you have to be an equal member of the conference. The Texas have proven that, that unique membership just doesn't work very well. Uh, but everybody is not equal in reality. I think a number of reasons for the successes of Ohio State Athletics are uh, built into the Columbus area, the Ohio environment. And so how can we both balance the advantages of the Big Ten membership and also maintain our unique strengths and advantages in the Big Ten? What did you say, Gene? Win every game you play against anybody in your league. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that Cherry's point is, um, I mean, for, first of all, first of all, one of the, one of the great advantages of the Big Ten is the fact that we do view ourselves as equal partners with every other institution. I mean, if we didn't, uh, we'd have the kind of Big Twelve problem with uh, with Texas, et cetera, or in the SEC. I mean, there were cer certain institutions. You know, I was at Vanderbilt, which uh, could hardly muster a team sometimes. You know, and um, and uh, and so. There was real sharing issues all the time, and um, here we have maintained that. I think I think what you're talking about more is how do we maintain the unique relationship of of Ohio State to Ohio to its national uh, constituency to a number of other things, while we still um, give deference to being in the conference members. And I think uh, conference members, and I think that Gene is absolutely right. If we can continue to win and win very well. Um, then that makes that makes that makes a real difference. I mean, y you think about it. I mean, there is a confluence of problems. People say the Big Ten was down in football. You know, that's nonsense. I mean, we we have a 12 and 0 team. Penn State, if they hadn't had their problems, you know, it's just the kind of confluence. Uh, we had a tsunami which affected us. Uh, we'll we'll be back. Uh, I, I mean, someone was saying to me, well, you know, Brent Bielman leaving to the to to to. Uh, I mean, that was a blessing for Wisconsin, and they knew it because he was under tremendous pressure. They didn't like him. Barry Alvarez thought he was a thug, um, and 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 he left. He left just ahead of the sheriff. I mean, that's exactly what happened with him. We were at the big. We were at the at the conference uh, conversations. Uh, uh, I mean, I I actually talked with Barry. He said, "Well, you, you know, I didn't talk to him about Beatle." I said, "But you could just see that." There was a lot of unhappiness, so so he he did not leave for a necessarily better job. He left ahead of the sheriff. Now I don't know who they're going to hire, but I would not want to have Barry Alvarez as my athletic director. I happen to like Barry a lot as a person, but you know, a guy who is kind of bigger than life and knows how to run a football program better than a football coach, it must be difficult for them up there, right? I think you're 100% right. I think. Uh you know, sometimes in life you either run into or running from, and I really think he was running from. And uh, well, the other thing we is this: we don't micromanage our football. I, 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 th I think if we gave ourselves true serum, there is also this fact: Urban Meyer has yep. changed the whole equation of yep. the Big Ten. He's out recruiting. We will end up having one of the two or three best recruiting classes in the country back to back. 
He is changing the way football is played. He's, he's got this inspirational notion. I mean, we, how would you like to have Urban Meyer? Your, Urban Meyer had a team on probation and he goes out and beat everyone, beats everyone up. I mean, that's, that's fierce competition you just don't want to face on a day-to-day -day -day basis. I'm glad he's our coach. That's right. Because, but, but he is changing the whole way that, the, the, and, and that will strengthen the conference eventually. But I think that, I think, I think the Big Ten had gotten into a mode much the way that institutions get in. They've gotten pretty complacent about doing things the way that they always were. And he has brought in this kind of energy and equation, which is dramatically different from where most other people have been in the Big Ten. I guess if I may just follow up. Please do. For, for one more step, as, as chair of the subcommittee, I, I have to follow the, the uh, revenues and the expenditures. Uh, and it's clear that if people come into the stadium buy tickets, et cetera, that that money all goes to Ohio State. Uh, if we sell ourselves as part of a television contract with the Big Ten, that could be divided equally among all the Big Ten members. So that's sort of the balance that I, I'm talking about. The part of our competitive advantage, besides the great people we've had here and the great tradition, has been, uh, frankly, the size of the stadium and the number of people who turn out and, and the road that these people have and so on and so forth. So uh, I guess the thing that I worry about is to make sure that we don't give away more to the Big Ten yeah, I understand. I, I, I think I think that's true. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'm I'm no one admires Jim Delaney more than I do. I chair the committee that brought him here. Um, Jim is very aggressive, and we need to make certain that he keeps his hands out of our pockets while we support him. Yeah. I think I think that's clear. Hey, Bill. How does this, uh, uh, as you gravitate toward the super conferences or the top 64 or 80 schools? Uh, does this really put like the Mid-American athletically out of business eventually? What will happen to these other you know, You know, by, by the way, by the way, I'm talking, the arc of this I'm talking about is kind of a 10-year arc, I think. I mean, this is not going to happen tomorrow or the next day. No, but, I understand. But, 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 the, but the arc is clear to me now. I mean, you know, three or four years ago I would have said, well, maybe that's a possibility. Last year I have said, well, it's more of a possibility. Now I think it is a probability. That, that, that's how I view the equation. I think that the smaller, I, I think that what's going to happen, and, and, and part of this is happening again, we, I just heard a report at the Big Ten conference meetings from our representatives of the NCAA. The smaller schools in the divisions two and three, which have substantial power, but no power in terms of television draw or anything else, they have increasingly become rigid about the way that we change some of the rules in, in support of the revenue generating institutions. And eventually that's going to drive us all into a, into a new kind of a configuration. That's where I think we're going. So you take two things. You get larger conferences, and so all of a sudden we have four conferences who represent about 80% of the power of intercollegiate athletics. We're just going to one day say, look, we're going to govern ourselves. We're going to treat everything differently. We'll, we'll, we'll move in a different direction. And that's where I think that the, that's where I think that the, the drumbeat's going to happen. Question. Yes, sir. Do you think the academics will follow this uh, con this 
Well, I mean, sort you, of a you know, consolidation. I, I think that I think that one of the things that we've been very good about. Uh, remember, uh, but but for a really stupid thing from the AAU, we would still have all of our teams in the AAU, and and we've just added two more teams to the AAU. I think that I think that the presence of the institutions are very clear. That the, that the number one criteria is to make certain that we have uh, institutions of like-minded like academic integrity. So you won't see us adding Louisville. <laughs> that's, that's, that was a negative statement. I, or the University of Kentucky. research dollars, and et cetera, will follow this sort of... Oh, you mean, you mean yeah, just in just terms of kind of the overall... Well, yeah, the I, you know, I mean, the, I think that, you know, the truth of the matter is this is a very interesting piece of data. The truth of the matter is this. Think about this. Uh, and Derek, Terry's probably more uh, more aware than this than most people, but um, but eighty percent of the basic research done in this country is, are done in American universities. It was it was it was from the uh, from the nineteen forties the Vanderveer Bush report, which said that we would not create research centers that are government uh, that are government centers, but rather we would turn to universities and we'd have research councils such as the National Science Foundation, the National Institutes of Health. A very healthy thing, which has been great for our universities and great for the capacity of our universities, creating the greatest universities in the world. Um, and, uh, and right now, about 80% of the basic research done in this country are done in American universities. And I actually think that that's going to grow because I think the businesses have discovered that universities, once we have figured out that partnerships are important, that we can actually do business with business, that that is going to grow that. Uh, now, of course, we have this whole problem that we have a $16 trillion budget deficit, which means that revenues are very limited and the growth of revenues right now are very limited. But among that 80%, the big the Big Ten universities, uh, among, uh, among our Big Ten universities, we do nearly 25% of the 80% already. And the next, uh, the next largest amount are the eight, u eight universities of the university, the, the eight universities in the University of California system, which do about 20 percent. That leaves a, th that means that between those two entities, we're doing a significant amount of the basic research done in this nation already in that group. And by adding Maryland and Rutgers, we just add to that power. So, so the, so the question you're asking is, will money follow the super conferences as long as we keep? this kind of balance between the academic integrity of the institutions and the kind of conference we're building, I think it just increases the likelihood that money will follow money. I think the rich will get richer. Fortunately, we're in the rich side of that equation. If I were at another institution, uh, I would think that that's a horrible thing. To, oh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Did you have a follow-up? Yeah, I was going to follow up a little bit with a big picture question that I, and that is, do you see an endpoint to the current arms race taking place in athletics in terms of where we're headed with respect to facilities, coaching salaries, TV revenue? Uh, you know, how does the educational mission stay in focus with all this emphasis yeah. on the business side of athletics? The, the answer is university presidents all believe that we have to have an endpoint. And then we vote for uh, then 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 they leave and they go back and their boards tell them to vote for X Y and Z and add this and that and the other thing I mean there's a there's a dynamic here which is pretty uh, pretty uh, difficult to deal with I think that um, I think the only way that it's going to happen is if there is some kind of a uh, 
of an imposition. If if we create if we create uh, let's say we create a series of super conferences, they form the uh, National Collegiate Association of Super Conferences, and we immediately self-impose a series of, uh, of requirements financially. That's probably the only way it's going to happen because right now the structure of the NCAA. We have been trying to deal with the structure of the NCAA in terms of financial issues, and we just can't ever get there because because it. The NCAA is a cacophony, and it's not a course. Until we can get a course, we're not going to be able to deal with this arms race in the right way, I think. Yes, sir. Mike? Just a simple question, but uh, as the Big Ten expands from 12 to 14, 16 onward, uh, has there been any talk about changing the name of the conference? I mean, no. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great brand name, yeah. It's a great brand name. For some reason, the Big 16 doesn't strike me as very cool. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, say, saying that, saying that, uh, you know, it is a great brand name, and uh, and as long as it maintains its great brand quality, I think we would uh, we would do that. Uh, we would keep it that way. Um, um, that's not to say we won't change. It. I was just thinking about that. That's not to say that uh, you know, if there's a, if eventually we get beyond it, becomes absurd. But think about this. You know, the Big Ten has 14 members now. The Big 12 has 10 members. I mean, you know, it's it's a, it's kind of a screwy world. Mm. Hearing from SEC fans that you guys can't even count, <laughs> you're the Big 10, but you have 12 teams. Mm -hmm. I have to hear that every day from my SEC yeah, Well, from the end, uh, well, you tell the SEC when they can learn to read and write, then they can figure out what we're doing. <laughs> I have, trust Yeah, that's right. I've been down there. I've been down there. I was the chairman of the Southeastern Conference for two years. I tell you something, it is, it, it is, it's shameful. It really is. It's shameful, both the integrity and you talked to Coach Meyer. I mean, that's one of the reasons that he had to leave. I mean, I, he's a man of integrity and he won two national championships. And in the meantime, people were just undermining him in every way, shape or form. It's a, it's shameful. We know how to count. And we and the thing about it is we know how to count the money, which we have a lot more than the SEC, and we'll continue to have that. One last question, and I think that I'm probably going to have to get out of here. Right? I've got a group of I've got a substantial group of people coming to my house right now, and you're uh, all invited. Yeah, I think we're coming tomorrow. Good. Uh, the uh, unless somebody else has a question, one question that was to change directions a little bit: compliance. Now that compliance certainly has a major visible position at senior leadership, whether it be a faculty, staff, or advi and student advisory or governance committee dedicated to compliance. Oh, that's and a question we talked about with Gates. Uh, I think it would be great to get uh, our new uh, chief compliance officer in here to have a conversation with him about what we do in athletics to really determine how we want us to perform. He, he, he's still, you know, he's now barely two months into his mm -hmm. job. Very open guy, very appreciative of... Uh, ideas I think that the notion of him forming an advisory committee is precisely at the, is right at the top of his list but I would actually ask him to come in and spend a little bit of time with all of you because I think you know he's um, I think he understands he loves intercollegiate athletics you know he comes out of Yale he comes out of the small schools uh, and so I think that giving him a chance to kind of see how we operate would be very important Charlie so I would do that so everyone have a great holiday thank you very much I appreciate thank you very it. much for your Sorry time and run, yeah. thank you for one yeah, excellent yeah. suggestion <laughs> we will do it we will do it thank you very much so now
the best part of the evening is we get to go up and eat. That's not the best part. It's honoring our student athletes. But while we're doing that, we will also be eating. So uh, then we will come back here uh, for our regular business meeting. So you're adjourned to go get in line to eat. And now that Mary Jo's here, okay, we start. Okay, let's get started here. Okay, uh, first order of business is to approve the minutes. Are there